Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Hormonal Mama podcast. On today's episode, I am interviewing Vienne Brown, founder of Vienne Milano. Now, what's Vienne Milano? Well, it is an incredible hosiery company for women to help you feel sexy and good about yourself while finding really fantastic, beautiful hosiery. The reason why I have Vienne on the show is not just to talk about her incredible incredible story of entrepreneurship and motivation and this great company that she founded, but also her very inspiring story of infertility, how she overcame the stress of infertility, advocated for herself, and discovered a solution rather than just listening to the doctor say, oh, I don't know, and then just wait and all that jazz. So stick around. This is a great episode. You really won't want to miss. Vienne, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here with me, especially through my little technical difficulties that I was just having. But I'm psyched that you're here. You have a great story and some really just amazing things that I'm psyched to talk to you about today. So welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's it's an honor to be able to talk to you and your and your listeners. It's an honor to be able to talk to you and hear your story because I know we talked recently and you told me your story and I was just kind of blown away truthfully by how calmly you told your story (laughs) and it's not like a calm story that's like everything is hunky-dory and great (laughs) and I felt so inspired after I talked to you because of the way you presented your story and everything you went through with infertility. And I don't know, it was just pretty incredible to me. So I'm really excited um, for you to share your story with us. You know, we're, we're going to be talking about a couple of things to get today. Um, you know, and it's interesting, because like we were just talking about the, the two things I want to talk to you about really aren't related, but in a way they are. I want to talk to you about your infertility journey. And I also want to talk to you about your story of being a woman entrepreneur with this really cool business. And I don't know, I think that even though they're not related, they're such great stories of inspiration for, for so many women um, to feel, like I said, inspired by. So let's start with the topic that's very close to my heart, and that is infertility. Um, tell me about your journey with infertility, whatever you want to share with us. Share with me your story. Sure. You know, I, I thought about what you said a little bit more, even though in my mind, they're like in the from the get go, it's not related. In, in reality, you're, you know what, you're right. They are because I think um, if you I don't know, I don't want to seem like I have it all or anything. <laughs> I, I just I, I want to reinforce the fact that like if you want something, you focus on it, you can have it accomplished with a little bit of determination. Right. Um, sure. And in both of those aspects of my business and my infertility journey, both of those aspects did require me to be like, okay, I need to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Otherwise I'm going to go insane. Or maybe I went insane already. I don't know. So, <laughs> so a little bit of, of that. Yeah. You know, um, is required, but my, um, I guess journey really began shortly after my husband and I got married. We wanted to wait it out. Like, you know, waited a year or two before we start you know thinking about having kids and then by the time we were ready we tried and it was six months goes by and you know what's going on so I went to see my PCP and she's like oh no no you know well we'll see you next year six months isn't long enough I'll see you next year I'm like okay (laughs) so I didn't know what to think at the time I should have you know done some research on my end bad on me um and so I I did wait um, the next thing you know, a year and a half had gone had gone by, and at this point, she then recommends me to see, um, you know, uh, infertility specialist, and um, what do you call those? They are MFMs or uh, oh, maternal fetal medicine. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, you know, it was discovered at that point that I have fibroids and I have all these things inside my body. And, you know, I, I kept 
hearing like it's no big deal why don't you why don't you try this why don't you come back every at the infertility specialist I mean um you know the the things I kept hearing were why don't you come back every month mm-hmm. uh why don't we t- test you every month why don't you try this and this and this and that but at the end of all of those conversations it was always about IVF and like mm-hmm. here's IVF and here's IVF and I live in one of the, or at the time I lived in one of those states where a lot of that is covered by insurance um so I didn't want to do IVF because I I, I don't know call me old-fashioned I just no I just mean, didn't I, want to I just didn't want and to, that's yeah. okay it, I just didn't want to I mean I'm like am I being hypocritical if I'm doing IUI and all that stuff because that's not very natural either but mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway so um tried and tried and another year goes by and at this point I'm like in my late 30s and I'm like oh my god what the hell's wrong with me <laughs> <laughs> I can know? relate to that feeling yeah and I'm I'm already like should I be mad at my doctor should I be mad you know like and every every and she's getting frustrated too at the end of the entire year of visiting her. She's going, you know, it's been a year now and you're not getting any younger. Time's important. IVF, IVF, IVF. And, and you know, I'm I think I'm as frustrated as my uh infertility specialist doctor, whatever you want to call her. Um, <laughs> although it's like it's like I'm the person who's trying to have kids here. You're, you're right. regardless. I, every time I see you, insurance pays you anyway. Right? Exactly. So anyway, is this something oh, else? Like it's my phone, my watch thing. I'm talking. <laughs> so like, anyway, no. and then a miracle occurs, and so um, you know, I it was November, December, and I realized, you know, hey, one of the issues that maybe preventing me from having kids is that I have polyps and so mm-hmm. um that it was the week of Christmas and the uh, infertility specialist was you know she would generally be the person to operate and remove all the polyps and she goes oh I'm so sorry um I'm busy that week because it's Christmas but why don't you see this other person that I actually perceive him to be my mentor at this other hospital and so I thought sure, why not? You know, it, it, uh, what can, what, you know, what can possibly go wrong? (laughs) And so I did. And I realized at that point, you know, Hey, this, this guy has this doctor that I now see, um, is great. He's been doing what he does operating on women, I guess, um, since almost before I was born. And, you know, he, I had the operation while awake. I, I, like that's been my mo now (laughs) um so here i i'm seeing like on looking at the large screen like all the polyps he's removing i could smell like the burn and everything oh my god so crazy i know and and so at the end um here's the funny part this hospital i go to they print out these like pictures of your polyps that were inside your body in like high def pictures i'm like what the heck am i gonna do with with these (laughs) frame it like <laughs> so let anyway. me frame it in my living room yeah I'm like, oh, okay great you, you removed eight of them that's great yeah and at this point I think we did have a conversation about how um he did see fibroids and that there's quite a few of them um you don't really need to remove them but you know it he was not like how should I say it like I I, I want to say he wanted to tell me you should remove it but at the same time for some reason he didn't say it it was like it's up to you that's how he phrased it I'm like all right <laughs> that's helpful so, thanks <laughs> yeah and so you know I go back to him uh after the polyps were removed for a follow-up procedure and the question the topic of fibroids came up again and I thought you know what do it I've tried everything up until this point besides IVF Mm -hmm, why don't don't I just get these fibroids removed because you know I at this point also talked with my family members and it seems like a number of women in my family have had fibroids and they've also had the procedure removing these fibroids and so um at this point uh we fast forward to May that's when I actually had the surgery to remove the fibroids and guess what there's like 12 of them Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. And again, I'm stuck with these pictures of my fibroids from this hospital. You're like, what the hell? Why are you, are you saving these for me? Like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Abstract art. I don't know. Right, exactly. Let me put it on display so, at this gallery. Right. By and, the inside of my uterus. But this yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And so the same same words, right? Like, um, no, 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 actually not same words. At this point. The, the nurse had said, you know, I don't think you should start having or trying for a month and a half. And a month and a half later, my husband and I try and guess what? I'm pregnant. And so I'm like, wait, just a darn second here. Have I been waiting like, you know, at this point, I guess two years now because of fibroids? Like, gosh, that's so frustrating. Yeah. And, and. Anyway, I six and one half a dozen in another. Like, I'm at this point, and I'm like, I'm just happy that I was able to conceive. I have a, you know, I'm my my son makes both my husband and I very happy. But at the same time, or like all this time was spent, you know. Anyway, I can't. But you make a good point, and and that's I remember, you know, when we talked last time. That was the thing that really stuck with me was the fact that like, essentially, it's almost like the doctors. I don't want to say they didn't listen to you, but they didn't. There was all of this, oh, you have these fibroids, but it's up to you if you want to remove them. And it's kind of like, yeah. well, why don't you give me some guidance? And you feel in a way like you wasted all of this time because once they're gone and you try, boom, here you go. Now you're pregnant. And it feels right. like so much of this infertility journey that so much of us go on feels like that. It feels so much like if you had just done this from the start, Maybe I wouldn't have had to go through this nightmare for such a long time. Well, and the other thing too, I mean, I I, I think about it, um, like, you know, I, I think about, okay, who are the folks that I talked to in the conversations? I, I'm frustrated with my PCP because I just felt like she could have been a little bit more proactive, like come back Absolutely. next year or, you know, she wasn't, granted, this isn't her area of specialty. I get that, but I still feel like, there is something more she could have possibly do instead of oh here's a piece of paper here are like the four places you can call good luck yeah and so like I know you're general practitioner but you're I I I just like am I just a number to clearly yes well (laughs) yeah exactly and then the fibroid situation it wasn't just the infertility specialist I the the MFM and then the blah 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 it was I seemed like everybody was just like oh fibroids is fine and I'm sure there are women who were able to conceive um with fibroids um but I just I'm mad at myself I'm mad at you know just like not being more proactive in the beginning I'm also mad at my PCP for not being more proactive in the beginning but, but, I, but I think these are valid things to be angry about you know because it's very difficult being a person with a uterus with ovaries with a reproductive system because we have a finite time yes to be able to conceive and you know you and I are a lot alike we were in our late 30s getting close to our 40s where it gets harder and harder and less likely and every moment that they put you off does make it harder yes can you conceive when you're in your 40s sure a lot of women do yeah but but it is a lot harder And it's just so infuriating to me when things like fibroids, which, yeah, they aren't an automatic cause for infertility. However, and I've done the research, like I've, I've done the research, they are a common cause of infertility. So you can't look at fibroids and say, eh, they probably aren't what's causing it. Well, guess what? They might be. They might be. So why no one said to you in the beginning, this could be what's causing your infertility. Yeah, they're going to ask you, do you want to have them removed? But they need to give you more information. They, yeah. I don't think it's fair to leave it entirely up to us to do all of our own research. There's a reason we're coming to see you. You're the expert. You're the one right. who has this background. And like you said, with your PCP, yeah, it's not her area or his area of expertise, but they should know enough to say, let me send you to someone 
who is an expert so you can get the information you need. Or at least go down the list, but I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe again, it's like not her expertise. So she just didn't feel like she, I I don't know. I get it. I totally understand why you say that. I just, I'm a firm believer that yes, while we all need to, you know, be proactive and be our own advocates, it's also extremely important for the people who are providing our healthcare to have enough knowledge to say, this isn't my area of expertise, but let me just send you to someone who, who's it is, or they, you know, if, if they don't know someone who specializes in it for whatever reason, say, I don't know someone who specializes in this area, but right. this is what you should be looking for. And well, you know, it's it. funny you say that since I've gone through this episode. So the reason why I went to that PCP was because at the time my office was in downtown Boston with my, for my business. And she also had a practice in downtown Boston. And so it, you know, my former business partner had always said, like, do you want to see somebody because they're nice? Or do you want to see someone because they're good? Or do you want to see someone because they're close? Or do you want to see someone who's good? And since then, that's really, you know, made me think like, you know what, like, first of all, she's not even close anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But from it's that criteria of um, how to find a, a doctor. I don't need someone who would sugarcoat everything. I don't want somebody, I want someone who's good and proactive and, um, I don't know, shop for your doctor. <laughs> I, totally. I think really, I mean, I live in a part of the world where I always joke that there's more doctors than plumbers. And so <laughs> I do have a little bit of luxury of being, thinking, okay, maybe I don't like this you know, doctor, or maybe I should see somebody else, or maybe I can ask around for a referral or whatever. Um, I understand that's not something, you know, not every part of the world has that luxury, but if you could mm-hmm. find a good doctor, I, I just, yeah, <laughs> not because they are nice to you, not because, you know, they sugarcoat everything. I don't know. Right. I mean, I'm with you. <laughs> and And it's so funny that you say that. It's so funny to me that you say that because I couldn't agree more, especially something as important with a fertility specialist or a reproductive endocrinologist or, or whatever. And I say that from my own experience, you know, I, I went to two different specialists during my journey. And the first one was delightful. She was a former kindergarten teacher, or former kindergarten teacher turned fertility specialist. I mean, it was, it was just such a, an interesting change of pace. And she was as sweet as could possibly be. I mean, I, I still adore her. I want to just like hug her all the time. She was that wonderful, but there were two issues. One, she was very conservative in her approach and she did, she sugarcoated things, you know, and, and then that's okay, you know, but the second doctor I saw, I didn't want to hug her. She was very arrogant. I didn't love that, (laughs) but she didn't sugarcoat a thing. There was no, like, no, I walked out of her office always kind of like, I mean, she's really good at what she does. Clearly she's very arrogant. So she knows she's good at what she does. And ultimately she's the one who got a success because she was creative and thought outside the box and didn't sugarcoat everything. You know what I mean? And, and so that's why I say it's so funny that you say that because I totally agree you, I mean, you have to find the person you're comfortable with, but it doesn't mean that it's because they're so nice and sweet to you. Yeah. I mean, even the doctor who I saw in, by the time it was Christmas, who removed the polyps, I I can't say this is somebody that I was like, I would naturally say we're going to become best friends. (laughs) He was eccentric, but I sometimes think that this isn't always the case, but if they're eccentric and proud of their practice, there might be a reason. And then I started looking into this person, this doctor's history, and I'm like, oh my God, I kind of hit the jackpot here in terms of finding a specialist. Let's let's use his areas of specialties as opposed to this other person that I've been seeing for a whole year and has not been able to be successful. Right. Um, Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I mean, and, and that's, that's sort of what's so fascinating to me. I mean, all of it really, but it's just, I think there's just so much that comes down to paying attention to your provider. And I don't mean listening to your provider. I mean, paying attention to 
how you feel? Do you trust them? Are they telling you anything, essentially? Are they educating you enough? And it's it's so frustrating that we have to be so, you know, proactive about it. And so like, cause, cause I feel the same way. There was, I, I feel like I wasted a lot of time during my infertility journey doing things that like, like, for example, I had, I had nine IUIs and statistically after the third IUI, your chances of conceiving go down dramatically, Right. but I still did it six more times. Now, granted my doctor wasn't, you know, telling me you have to have IUIs. She wasn't like forcing the IUIs on me. She wasn't like, yeah, if we do another IUI, maybe you'll get pregnant. But I don't think she was as emphatic about the the statistics with me. So my husband and I kind of ignored it because we were like, well, we'll just keep trying. We can't afford IVF. So we, we can't even consider that route. Yeah. And I feel like that was a huge waste of time. If we'd really listened to the statistics and understood the likelihood of this finally happening after this many tries is so low. Why bother? Yeah, it's covered by insurance, but it, it's still, I don't know about you, for me, nine IUIs, that was traumatic. Yeah. It was. And I don't want to go through it nine times. I didn't want to go through it once, but, you yeah, know, procedures. Yeah. None of them are fun. None of them are exciting. Hey, let's, let's go see a fertility specialist and have some fun. Not yeah. really how it goes. <laughs> but anyway, I just, I, I really appreciate the fact that all of the things you're saying, I just, I agree with, I, I feel you so very much. And I'm just so happy that you had such a happy ending to that journey, you know, that, that it, it, it ended in a way where you have your beautiful child and you, I hate that you had to go through what you went through, that you had to finally make that decision when ultimately they could have told you in the beginning, let's, let's, let's see if maybe this is the cause of the infertility instead of, you know, years of, of not doing that. But, you know, you get my point. Mm -hmm. So I just really appreciate you sharing your story because I think it's so important for other people going through this craziness to hear that they're not alone and that we all have these really interesting stories about infertility and and how it affected us and well I I honestly think we're gonna hear more and more of it because as more and more women are working and joining the workforce you know we're no longer having kids in our 20s in our early Uh 20s all of us are pushing that back that isn't having kids and so I think more of us are gonna run into the same issue and the same stories etc and we're all gonna see the same challenges and whatever um I just hope um I don't know I don't I, I don't I, I'm like I hope there's an answer but there is there an answer I don't know if there is an answer besides more proactiveness and yeah. better doctors <laughs> right better doctors maybe better technology all of these things I mean I totally agree with you especially what you just said about more women you know joining the workforce and having children older you know I'm one of those women I, you know, I've been working since I graduated high school, you know, I've been working since I was 18 and I wanted to have kids in my twenties, but I didn't have anyone I wanted to have kids with. And, you know, I, and I wanted to wait until I got married. My my grandmother had her first child when she was 15. I mean, this Mm -hmm. different generation altogether. My mother was, I think, 24 or 25. I'm like in my 30, I would turn 39, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like exactly. I mean, I don't think if I have a daughter, <laughs> uh, they would be fifty something. I don't. Right. I don't think it's going to be like that. But, but I, I do think that that lag or that time is being pushed back further and further each generation. I totally um, agree with you, and you're so right. And that actually brings us to the next topic that I wanted to talk to you about, which is your story of entrepreneurship, because you have such a. We talked about this before, and when I heard what your business was, I was like, oh exactly the thing. So, you know, we're talking here about women having children older because they're, you know, working younger, going into business for themselves, entrepreneurs, you know, I, I have a soft spot 
for entrepreneurs because I myself am an entrepreneur. Um, but boy, you have a really cool story of your business. You work in hosiery, hosiery, I can never say that right, which is really cool, but specifically your brand, what you create, what you make is really cool. So tell me a little bit about what your company is and more, not more importantly, but equally important, how you got into this, what inspired you to do this business? Because I think it's a really cool story. Sure. I think, well, hey, thanks for asking. Um, so, you know, over 10 years ago, I worked in high tech at the time. I corporate or American, that's where I was in. And I wanted to find thigh high stockings that would stay up on my leg. Um, but at the time, the only thing I could find were either Halloween-esque mm-hmm. so work, um, or they were so expensive. Like I'm talking about $50, $60 for a pair of stockings that oh, yeah. didn't get feasible for me to wear to work every day. And right. so I did some research and um, you know, I, I've always honestly wanted to start my own business. And th- so took that as the opportunity to, took the opportunity, the fact that I couldn't find thigh high stockings that would stay up on my leg. I took that as an opportunity to start my own business. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time I only had two sizes. Um, I had, actually, I started the business with the business partner who was Italian. And that's part of the reason why all everything um, in my collection is made in Italy and it continues to be made in Italy. Um, but when we started, there were only two sizes, a couple of colors. Um, and now we have, I, I want to say five, but we actually added just one more size. So we have six sizes for some of our styles, um, lots of colors, lots of textures. And um, yeah, they're, they're, it's a retail business, online retail business that focuses on thigh high stockings that stays up on your leg. And that's uh, a mouthful. <laughs> I mean, it is, but it's awesome. And I'll tell you why, because I hate wearing stockings and I hate them because I hate that whole, like I, I yeah. have, I between IBS, endometriosis and a whole bunch of other things. Yes. I hate things compressing my belly. So I hate stockings. I hate, and I use the word hate and I mean it. I, I despise it. I, I don't like the pressure, it, right? It's it horrible. Right into it's it, uncomfortable. Yeah. It makes me feel like, oh God, my stomach hurts or, oh, there's something always on my bladder. Now I have a, a bladder disease. So for me, it always feels like there's something on my bladder, but especially the tightness around the belly. So I'd always be searching for stockings that had no waistband because yep. the control top for me, the control top is here. Let me cut you in half instead yes. of let me compress your belly. And I don't care anyway. I got a little belly proud of it. Okay. Yeah. So I always struggled with that. So then I, I think, I don't know, I was probably in my late teens, early twenties. And I was like, Oh, there's such a thing as thigh highs. I didn't know that. So I would go out and I'd check out the hosiery department at like Nordstrom or some other store. And I'd be really excited. Like, Ooh, thigh highs. I buy them. I'd come home. I'd pull them up and I'd be like, Ooh, these are really tight around my thigh. Okay. And that's maybe that's not the right size. So I'd either find a size that was too small and it would cut off circulation in my leg or <laughs> the right size. And it would continuously fall down to my knee and oh, then no. down to my ankle. And I'd be like, okay, I'm pulling these up all the time. But I didn't want to have to wear like a garter belt thing, you know, right. like that's- and you're not supposed to. No, yeah. and that's not comfortable. Like, are you kidding? Uh-huh. To me, it's kind of like, well, what's the point in wearing these thigh highs if I have to wear this thing that you can see under a skirt anyway, that really just makes me feel icky and kind of like, ugh, I want to wear thigh highs, but I also want to be able to wear thigh highs and a short enough skirt where you can see the cute, thigh highs if I want to or long enough skirt where it's comfortable it looks like I'm wearing stockings but I don't feel like I'm being smushed to death so for me just on a personal level amazing right I mean how amazing that there's this product out there now that solves that issue of you know thigh highs that are so tight that you can't move but they slide down anyway because they're so tight that they start to roll or they're so big that they fall down or they're, they feel like they're the right size, but they just don't stay up. So for me, just as a consumer, incredible. I mean, incredible really is, is the best word. So I think that's really cool. And again, from an entrepreneur 
background, it's inspiring. You know, it's inspiring that you you saw a need for something that you needed and you realized I'm not the only person who needs and wants this. So let's make this happen. And you did. I mean, that to me is something to be so incredibly proud of. And it's so incredibly inspiring because I think so many women love the dream of being an entrepreneur. It's, it's such a beautiful dream to just have this baby, if you will, because that's how I've always seen my business before I had kids. It was my baby. You know, I was struggling to have kids. My business is my baby, but even now it's still, it's my, it's my other baby, you know, and it's just, it's always inspiring and magical to me to see someone make that dream come true. And here you are now, you have this successful business. Like you said, you've grown, you have all these sizes, you have different colors, textures. That's awesome. And it's something super fun, but also some of us need it, you know, like that's what we need. I'm not about to go wear normal stockings. Never again. You know, it's funny. You, I, I love hearing your story about finding thigh highs or stocking or hating to wear stockings because that has been the story that I keep hearing over and over again. And you're you're just kind of validating why I uh, started the business in the beginning. The number one question that I always get is, do your stockings stay up? And the reason is because of experience, like the one you described. And I'm like, yes, they do. I, otherwise I, I wouldn't be wearing it right now, you know? <laughs> I wouldn't have a business think, if it didn't. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think part of it is because a lot of thigh highs, um, here in the US, they're made with like, or in the beginning, they had this rubber band mm-hmm. made with rubber band. That's why you felt like it was very, very tight. And then over time, it would lose its elasticity. Yep. Um, ours is made with a silicone. So not one, but there's sometimes two, sometimes three silicone strips in inside the band. And that's what stays up. Um, and so that's, that's why, you know, um, they they stay up. That's how they stay up. That's so awesome. And that's That's actually why you don't need a garter belt as well. In fact, if you wear a garter belt with stockings with the silicone, it just kind of gets in the way and it doesn't feel comfortable. No, why add this additional piece that is just plain and simple, uncomfortable? Photos. That's the only reason, you know, I mean, that said, I mean, they, 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 that is the other part of my fashion business, which is I'm in the business of vanity, not sanity, right? Mm-hmm. I I can talk to you all day long about how, um, yes, it's made with the silicone band. It's made with the very, very plush microfiber, blah, blah, blah. It's boring. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, the all the things that you would use to sell um, software and high tech, I came from software, high tech world, doesn't apply to fashion. What does work in the business of fashion is I have to tell you how good you look, you know, and maybe how good you feel, but does it really matter? Stilettos, Christian Louboutin, you know, for Mm -hmm. example. Mm-hmm. Do women buy those stilettos because they feel good? Heck no. no. That's a that's a big fat no. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, at the end of the, the day, um, you know, I, I try to focus on you looking good and how can I make you believe that you will look amazing, that the center of the attention and everything. Um, so that's 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 awesome. I, I love it. I mean, I just think that's so cool though. I mean, what, what a great, ah, uh, I mean, fashion is such, uh, this is going to sound weird to some people and not weird to others. Fashion is a very important thing. Even if you're not a quote unquote fashionable person, fashion isn't the, you know, you, you hear the word fashion and you automatically think like fancy, you think Vogue magazine or Allure or or whatever. I can't, you know, I'm, I, I can't even think. My brain's like, there's too many magazines. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you get the point, right? You think this high fashion thing. And while that's pretty awesome, you're a person who needs to wear clothes and whatever those clothes are that you feel comfortable in, that make you feel good, that make you feel sexy or attractive or whatever it is that you want to feel when you wear those clothes, it's important, right? So I, I think that's really, really awesome because that's, I mean, that's what you, that that, talking over myself, I have too many thoughts in my head at once. My point being, you know, that 
you know, that that's why you have this business. Well, it, when we first started, I didn't know actually what kind of woman would buy my stockings, but mm-hmm. the, I, I didn't know that um, how stockings made me feel. And that's why in the very beginning, my motto has been the Anne Milano reveals the style and confidence of a woman who knows how to be elegant, playful, and sexy in every occasion. And so it's about how um, you want to reveal your style and confidence. But most importantly, I wanted to play up the elegance of hosiery and play yes. down sexy. I'm not saying hosiery isn't sexy. It is absolutely. But wanted to bring up the fact that it's elegant and it's yes. playful like you have mentioned and yes exactly so. oh my I'm gonna give you a round of applause <laughs> because that's exactly right and and the elegance I love that word I love that it's so underused so I'm so happy that you just said that that that's how you view your line and that is I'm I can't think of a better word I'm just very excited elegance yes it is elegant and playful and all these things. Oh, I'm just, I'm psyched. I'm sorry. Get excited. <laughs> I, I can't you help I'll just send you a pair. <laughs> oh, please. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. It's just so like, ah, oh, okay. I gotta take a deep breath here because <sighs> I got excited and I, you know, I'm an excitable person, but it just, the way you're wording it, it, it's exactly what it should be because, you know, yes, you see all these, you know, stockings and yes, sexy is always at the top and that's great. That's great. Like you said, yes, it is sexy, but elegance that to me that's more important at least maybe not important isn't necessarily the right word but that's what I want you know I want the elegance I want to feel elegant you know what I mean sexy is is to me is so subjective that I think I don't know I can't think of I can't think of what I'm trying to say here but I I I get what you're saying I'm just not wording it well because, you know, that's me. <laughs> and sometimes I, I don't word things so well. Um, so, you know, it, here you are, you have this incredible business that you've been working on for a long time. It's successful. You've got this exciting thing going on. After you, you know, you started your business, then you got married, right? Because we were talking about, how, you know, starting business younger, getting married, starting families older. And you go through infertility, you have this struggle you get through it, you get to the other side of it, your head held high, here you are. Tell me, how have you sort of found this, this good work-life balance? You know, you've been through a lot between business, you know, starting a business is no small feat. It's just not, it's not like the easiest thing you'll ever do. It's one of the hardest things you can do, in my opinion, is being an entrepreneur and starting a business. And one of the hardest things you can do is go through infertility. So here you are, you've been through these two huge struggles and you've kicked both their butts, if you will. How do you find this, this balance in your life? One step at a time. (laughs) That is key, isn't it? Yeah, I I mean there I'm not going to lie there are definitely days where you're like oh my god like wait I have to do what now after this and that like it's just a mountain of trials and tribulations <laughs> You're so right though. Yeah, I think that's a really good approach. Time, I can't think about that. I just have to think about um one thing at a time. Yes. But that said though, you know, I, I do, especially in November, every year I do this to myself. I'm like, it's November. I have to think about what I want next year. Right. Like I, I do think that there's value in planning ahead. Yeah. Um, I can't say that I'm someone who is very good at it, yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> who is, <laughs> yeah, Not me. but I, I think a little bit of planning can go a long way. And yeah. so, yeah, it's a balance. Yeah. Everything is balanced. It is. I really just like what you said, though. It's it's that simple. One thing at a time, one step at a time. You just kind of, okay, here's number one, and then on to the next. And that's the only way you can find balance. And yeah, there are days where our, our heads are spinning and we're like, ah, oh, what did we do to ourselves? Everything's nuts. You know, but- I will share this, though. I feel like... Um, and maybe this is a telling of age, right? So when I was younger it would be like, okay, this is so annoying. I I'd get mad and like, I would express my feeling. And then you get to a point where you're like, you know what, who cares about what I think? Like, mm-hmm. let's, let me just shut that up and um, put that aside. You know, if I'm annoyed with something, 
But then now that I'm older, I'm like, no, I absolutely need to tell you what, give you a piece of my mind. Because if I don't, this is going to, this is going to repeat and repeat and repeat, you know? And so I say this because um, I think I'm, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess I, 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 as you age, you come to a mental maturity level where you can actually control whether or not you express or how you express your frustration mm-hmm. and you choose to I um would say that I choose to express my frustration for rhetorical reasons like I mm-hmm. don't have to tell you if I'm mad about something but if I think I can make a point doing it then I will um and so I don't even know how I get started getting get into this topic <laughs> Um, but I think it is definitely, um, there's value in thinking what to express and how to express it. I agree with that. I really do. I absolutely do. And I think, I think it's great that you just, uh, were able to vocalize that or verbalize it or both ultimately. (laughs) So I think that's, that's really cool and what a great approach. Okay. So now it's time to switch gears and ask you some of my classic, the hormonal mama questions that I like to ask all of my guests. Um, I gave you these questions before, so I'm gonna, very excited to hear your answers. So question number one, who would you say are the three or have been the three most inspirational or influential people in your life? And, and these don't have to be people, you know, they can be, but it's, it's very, um, very open. Yeah, no. So I I thought about it. I think, um, you know, this question, the answer changes as you age as well, right? Like definitely, I hundred percent. In the past five years, I would say it's my grandparents because I think about like again, they at the when they were alive, they never talked much about their journey or anything, but. Now that I'm older, I piece everything together. You're like, holy crap, crazy times. <laughs> right. You know, like totally and like nine kids, oh right? Gosh, and I she lost one of them and she just she got married when she was 14. And just to go through all of that, right? And oh then gosh. such um, a different time. I know. And and to be, you know, to be determined going through all of that, I think in the past five years has really resonated with me um because you're like heck if those folks in that generation can go through all of that exactly what the heck am I complaining about what I want exactly feel like that all the time I'm like what my grandmother got married when she was 17 yes yeah yes what like that you know I mean I can't even I it's just (laughs) mind-boggling to me I totally agree I totally agree yeah that's great. That's cool. I, I, I just, I guess I people of the past generation in general, yes. I mean, sure. Some of them were racist, sexist. Okay. I get it. Sadly. But the determination, I think behind a lot of the women of that era yeah. is what I like take out of it. Like, I, I, I often say like, you can't take a, a cultural sandwich. You can't just say, I like some of this. I like some of that. You wow, can't. You have so right. thing. But yes. like, at the same well time, said. I'm like, you know, I, maybe I can, I don't know. I just really <laughs> like the fact that they were so determined and they had, yeah. they didn't have computers. They didn't have, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's a good <laughs> point. That's a very good point that we don't think about very often. And Hey, we didn't have computers when we were kids. I mean, we had computers, but we didn't really have our own computers. Yeah, we certainly didn't sure. have like video calling. Yeah, I had to go we didn't to even the have library to go online if I wanted. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> if you were lucky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, gosh, I, I think about the first time I saw a website, I was like, in like 11th grade. And I was like, what's a website? Yeah. I don't, what? What's email? I didn't have an email address until I think I was 20. Like you got to sign up to use the internet at the exactly. library. Exactly. Dial yeah. up modems. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. It's all pretty crazy looking back, right? Now and, I could just. And, and that home. wasn't even that long ago. I know. <laughs> it's completely nuts. It's completely nuts. But that, yeah, I totally, I can totally see why your grandparents would be number one on that list for sure. For sure. Do you have a number two and number three? No, it's, it's just, okay if you don't. I, I think that that that's their determination. I mean, for me, what um, 
regardless of age, I, I think what I've always um, aspired or uh, been drawn to are just people who had nothing and made it into something. And not that my grandparents were like million billionaires or whatever, but um, just, you know, I, I, I do think that they, in fact, they went the other way <laughs> because of uh, some history with where, but anyway. <laughs> that's it's just funny not funny is not quite the right word but I know what you mean you know my grandmother was a holocaust survivor and you know came to this country and started a life with my grandfather and you know my grandfather was from Germany and you know the holocaust talking Germany you know it's all crazy and you know my other grandparents one was from Poland and the other one grew up in New York and you know, they all the same, you know, similar kind of thing. They, they, they came from, well, in my grandmother's case, she came from money, but then had to downsize right. because of what happened in the Holocaust, right. because of everything being taken from them. And it's kind of crazy to, you know, be inspired, even though it's the opposite, kind of like what you're saying, like, wow, that's kind of inspiring though, because they survived these crazy things that were yes. like- Within one what? lifetime, so much has changed. Yes. so much gosh you're right gosh you're just so right right on amazing oh I have to take a breath again see it gets so intense um okay so your enthusiasm I don't know you know you get that power I've always (laughs) been like that my whole life I just have so much intensity and excitement and energy and everyone's always like where do you get this your kids watch blippy I totally oh gosh my yes and no and I say that because I have to be in the mood. And my daughter's almost always in the mood for Blippi, where my son will be like, no, Blippi! No, Blippi! And I'll like have a well, fit about it. I recently it. saw a meme that was like, I think it said something like, forget crack. I just, I want to know whatever Blippi is on. <laughs> I get that. Oh, yeah. yes. Because that guy, he is excited about stuff. I know. And you know what? I want to be that excited. And sometimes I am. But then there are other times where I'm just like, don't talk to me. Just go over there. I need to just sit and nobody talk to mommy. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's just, a, but then there are times where I am bouncing off the walls, but man, when I talk about things that excite me, I can't shut it down. It just <laughs> takes over me. I just like, I can't stop it. I it's can just relate. Nuts. I can totally relate. It's just actually. like, I don't know. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you my other really, you know, interesting question here. And I particularly love this one. If you could have a dinner party. I always start with dinner party, but it doesn't have to be a dinner party. It can be whatever kind of gathering or soiree or whatever that you want it to be with three people or beings. First, who would they be and why? But more importantly, they don't have to be people. They can be characters. They can be animated characters. They can be, they don't have to be characters. They can be animals. They can be I don't know. I'm looking around trying to find something to give you an example of it. It it can be anything you want. Think outside the box if you want to. You don't have to. They can be people. They can be people you know. They can be people that you don't know. They can be dead or alive. It's totally up to you. The world is your oyster. And, you know, what are your thoughts? I, you know, I, today. So the person I've been using or or answer, not using, but (laughs) (laughs) I have been, um, uh, using, uh, I guess using again, but I, I'm <laughs> referencing. There you go. Um, There's a good word. Is Michelle Yao because she is, she has been famous for, I don't know, 30, 40 years. She was a Bond girl and now she's in multiple movies. But like, um, I just find her very interesting because she is elegant. She is graceful. She speaks multiple languages. Um, she's talented. Mm-hmm. And yet she always carries herself with, um, like, n- nobody ever thinks she's a bitch. Let's just go that way. Because everyone's <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, she's so, like, classy. Yeah. You know? And I, I want to, I, I'm pretty sure she's an intelligent woman. And so, like, how does she do it all, say it all? And, like, how, how does she do it? Yeah. You know? Hey, that's a good and, question. <laughs> how I, do I, you do it, Michelle, if you're listening? We'd like yeah, to yeah. know. <laughs> I, I would love to meet her if I ever had a chance, although I think I would be so starstruck that I would just be like, I get that. <laughs> Words are not happening right now. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I would forget how to speak. 
but if I come to you know to gather all my guts and glory and know how to speak all of a sudden I would probably ask her like seriously like you know there, what are the the times when the media doesn't portray it but like how did you go through it and what keeps her going because right. she I guess she has been famous for all those times but there were definitely times when she was not the star yeah. you know and now she's have she's having her second or third uh it sounds like career wind and career mm-hmm. right famous again again and again right so it's like how does she do it how does she keep up with everything it's just right. amazing I, I don't know it's amazing I, I don't I want to sound answer. like you know I, I don't want to ever be that person who um just uses Hollywood mm-hmm. um, I know what you mean but you're not yeah you're, not. you're talking just... about someone who clearly has an impact on you, you yeah know? and I think it, it doesn't matter who that person is there's something about you know we, we all have those people whether I mean how can I word what I'm saying I totally understand what you're saying but you're not doing that at all even if all three of your people are Hollywood people so what there are it, it's just her it's just her I, yeah. I keep it simple I, I'm, I, I <laughs> it's my my grandparents and her I love like, it how do how do folks like do that <laughs> I totally I totally get what you're saying though I mean I do because when when someone can have that kind of effect on us and we just like are in awe like I want to do that I want to do that. Tell me how you do it so I can do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's pretty, pretty awesome. I think that's a pretty great answer. What a great, you know, gathering that would be just sitting there and asking her, <laughs> tell me all of it and go. Let me take some notes here for myself. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> no, I no, totally it get it. Like, here's a glass of Prosecco or wine. Prosecco. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. There we go. That's my drink. No, I think that's, I think that's awesome. I think that's such a great answer. All right, so Vienne, I've got one last super, super easy question for you. And that is, where can our listeners find you, learn more about you or your company or both? Where can people find you in the world and connect with you and, and learn more? Sure, they can find me at uh, Vienne Milano. Vienne is my first name. That's V-I-E-N-N-E and Milano, M-I-L-A-N-O.com, ViennMilano.com. Love that. Um, and then I mean if you're trying to like contact me contact me, there's the contact page <laughs> <laughs> go to the contact page otherwise yeah, yeah. check out the website I'll, I'll, I'll see cool everything stuff. that comes in so <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome well, I'll make sure to put that in the show notes so people can find you and check out these amazing pie highs that you make because they're well in my opinion they're needed and that's just awesome so Vienne, I just want to thank you for taking the time today, bearing with my technical difficulties um, and being here with me today. I've been really excited for this interview for a few weeks now. And I, you know, one, your infertility story is just very powerful. It really is. And your entrepreneur story, I, I love it. It's so like, it's a dream and you're living it. And I, and I think that right there is magic. So thank you so much for being here and sharing all of those things with me. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I've always enjoyed talking to you. So yes, thank you. And hey, whatever you need, you let me know.